Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are two-thirds of the way through uh, Best Served Cold. Mm. We are, it's, it's what is it, up to part six? That's right. Up to part six. That's right. We've got, we've five parts down, five, five people down oh. as well. Interesting. It's almost like they, um, it's almost like Joseph lined that up for us. I'm starting to I'm starting to think I know when the parts change. Anyway, um, I do have a warm up for us, uh-huh. <laughs> and and it's something that I realized that we should save for the warm up as 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 Dan and I were talking before this. Um, it's a little behind so the magic. Dan, I'm going to start a little bit before yeah, where, where we ended with our conversations. So yeah. um, the university that I go to it seems to be lacking in funds. That's the that's the big news. Mm-hmm. It's a big university, big public university, lacking a lot of money right now, apparently. Mm. Now, I have uh, buried my head in the sand to ignore that. But Smart. there is a funny correlation uh with something else that i've been taking part in which is um i've been going to some football games Mm -hmm. recently Mm -hmm. um and dan doesn't know this but some people may which is at at a college football game if you are a team that's not very good and you beat a team that is good then the fans rush onto the field and everybody gets hyped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's a sure. big thing. Sure. I believe you. <laughs> now, there is... Uh, people don't like... Like, the the organizers, the league, administrators, whatever, the NCAA, don't really want people to do this because, like, it's dangerous to, for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Other, other lame reasons, whatever. Because they're so interested in, like, the health and well-being of the people on the field, right? Right. It's critically important. Um, that they don't have any the, major head injuries from collisions with other people on the field. Right. Oh, I wouldn't want a collision with right. people on the field causing major damage to... Well, um, okay, to be fair, like, well, so, like, safety is ignored during play, but if it, if something happens when, when the clock is not running, that's an issue. Oh, okay, so they just need to keep the clock running then. But the, it's expensive to keep the <laughs> clock running. Okay, I get it. I see the issue now. <laughs> okay, but no, the the they cannot like physically stop thousands of fans from running onto the field, <laughs> and so the the thing here is that if fans rush the field, the school gets fined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, I have gone the last two home games for the last two weeks. I have gone to both of them, and. Uh, we have rushed the field both times. <laughs> that's two. That's two Love times it. rushing the field Love in the it. last like three weeks. You're uh, and you get fined kind of a lot. And like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's quite the same amount as the amount that the the college is is in the red on right now. Yeah, but. It's it's a bad look. How much do you say. think? How much do you think the fine is? If you were to guess, what do you think they're fining the college? Ugh. If I were to guess, I would say like a hundred thousand dollars per per fan rushing. That's my guess. 
You're a hundred k. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Um. Uh, this is the SEC. Is that right? Is that the division that they're uh, in? I'm in. I'm in the Pac-12. Oh, the Pac-12. I only have the SEC. Can we go with SEC? Okay, give me numbers? give me SEC numbers because it's got to be this. It's got to be similar. SEC numbers. First offense, a hundred thousand. Spot on, Luke. <laughs> it goes up. Wait, it goes up. Wait. Okay. Okay. Is it like per season? Maybe. Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. Okay. Give me second offense. Second offense. Hat quarter mil. <laughs> All right. Do you want to know what it is for every offense after that? Oh, no. What is it? Half a mil. Every offense after that is a half a mil. Gone. Poof. Okay. That's the SEC, not the Pac-12. But if we're we're in a similar similar situation, it's it's probably got to be fairly similar. So, Luke, so far you've you've cost your college (laughs) $350,000. I have... Uh, actually, it's more than that because I also rushed the field with uh, one time last season, um, <laughs> no. which brings me to my next point. Uh, this is becoming kind of routine for me, <laughs> and I want to give you all tips on when you rush the field. Oh, well, this is nice. Okay, so here's here's what you're going to want to do. Um, you you don't want to be on front lines. Because that's the 19-year-old uh, frat guys. And mm. I got to tell you, young white men out of, out of control at football games. <laughs> you heard it here first for the first time ever. <laughs> young white frat guys at football games are out of control. That's right. Um, you want to you wanna go a little bit, a little bit later? Uh, they will open a little gate for you if you wait long enough and you can just walk down the stairs. Wait, sorry. Um, hold on. They just open a gate at a certain point, because like, okay, the first wave right is like jumping over, and it's like kind of a long fall depending on the stadium, right? Like, because they want to disincentivize people from rushing the field, so they make the fall <laughs> just high enough that it looks scary, but not too high that those committed people will die when they hit the bottom. Right, and then so. Uh, once it's like, okay, we're rushing the field and like the first wave is over and the, like the, the hype has died down a little bit. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to just open this little gate for the people that want to go, but don't want to do, but don't want to jump. Don't want to bust their, their extremely fragile knees. <laughs> Looking at you, Luke. So you can do that. That is an option. Um, now when you get onto the field, you're going to want to take one, maybe two pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to want to make a beeline for the exit. Oh. Because they only let people leave in one exit for some reason. And when it when they start telling people to leave, it's, a, it's an absolute claustrophobic disaster. Oh, no. All heading towards one corner of the field. And so what hit this, you want to you get out there, you want to take a couple pictures, and then you want to go. Now, this last time, zero pictures for me. This last time, stairs, direct line to to the exit. Sorry, Luke. Um, So this is becoming routine to the point that it is a part of the post-game ritual now. This is no longer, 
an exciting thing you're doing. This is just like, <laughs> you're telling me the exit has just moved. You're telling me that, oh, no, no, no. That's right. We don't this is leave just the, the way stadium. We leave. <laughs> right. We leave through the field is how we leave the stadium now. It's actually closer to the parking lot. So it's a, it's just a straighter shot down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was getting into an argument with my friends because I didn't want to rush the field, mm-hmm. but everyone was doing it and they were like, we got to go. And I was like, okay, but we have to get down there and immediately go to the exit. So we like, <laughs> there's a little like concrete walkway right below the stands before you get to the field. Yeah. And we took maybe like one step onto the field and then out. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just walking along along the field you yeah. literally i don't think we grass. entered the regulation i think we were out of bounds the whole time oh my gosh do you have like regulars now of like people who you see down there on the field and you're like hey ah back here again huh crazy <laughs> hey i hold on i buried something down here last week let me dig it up let's do a little barbecue <laughs> i put some hot dogs down here right i'm actually becoming close friends with some of the players um wait are the players down there when you rush the field like are they on the field with you yeah yeah for sure the i mean the opposing team leaves of course Oh, that would be wild if the opposing team just (laughs) stuck it out and started fighting people (laughs) that would keep okay honestly if we want to talk about ways to keep fans off the field keep the opposing team on and just like hey you have to fight them all of them if you want to get on the field that's tough. I'm not going. I'm not going down. They're probably really mad. I mean, if your college wants to keep people off, you, the college makes their players come off the field, so the field is entirely occupied by the opposing team. Right, right. They're like, we don't want people to do this because it can be dangerous. So our solution to that will be let the opposing team beat up fans. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. I think that's smart. <laughs> Saves money, which is what we need. Actually, they can charge. Charge viewing prices. That's good. See, now we're making money, Luke. That's right. So, so, th- so there we go. Um, yeah, yeah. That's your that's your guide to to rushing the field. Why? Okay, Luke. I should say it. It doesn't sound so much like you rushed the field, and more like you strolled onto the field and then quickly left the field. Oh, certainly. Yeah, that's my role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now there are a lot of people that did rush the field. <laughs> Luke, Luke is at the far back wave of those of those brave souls rushing the beaches who are potentially taking the taking the hits. Luke is happy to like hop on the beach after all the fighting has been done and put out a towel and say like, "Wow, what a great battle we just won!" And then that's that's correct. And yeah. then proceed to get back on the boat and like, "Oh, my knees. Sorry, guys. You know how it is. I'm out of here." It's much better that way, honestly. What a brave, more, more enjoyable. So brave, Luke. You're so brave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You're really are saying it. Yeah, we're all saying it. I think. Um, wow. Uh, I can't say I would ever be compelled to do this mm-hmm. at a football game. I might do this at a soccer game, actually. But I don't know if okay. people rush the field. I don't think people rush the field at soccer games. It's a much more subdued crowd so. in the MLS. And the, and the MLS for sure. I, yeah. I don't think I would say subdued for, for some like European soccer games. Yeah, but, but they not. don't rush the field. I don't think. No, no. It's, a, it's an American thing. We know how to do it. Right, we're good at 
putting ourselves in bodily harm for no apparent reason. That's correct. That's correct. Mm. So there we go. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that are actually very good at putting themselves in bodily harm in the book that we're reading. Transition! That's right. Uh, like I said, best served cold up to part six. Mm-hmm. And dark book, huh? Yeah, Luke, it is. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, there's a particularly dark thing that happens that I, I want to build to a little bit because... Oh boy, this was tough. Um, okay. Okay. First, first, um, we pulled the fake poison trick. Somebody was reading, uh, <laughs> red seas over red skies or whatever, red dawn, whatever. Right. Book and was like, "Hey, how come? Why don't we just fake this poison? Why don't we just fake this <laughs> okay. untraceable deadly poison?" It's a classic. Okay, there's there's two here also. There's two mm-hmm. fake poisonings. You're talking about the first one. I want to go with the first one because the first one is the exact same situation as we talked about with our pirates in Red Seas or Red Skies or whatever, where right. somebody po- pretends to poison somebody else and is like, now you have to do whatever I say if you want the antidote. And then at the very end, they're like, psych, it wasn't even real. <laughs> Right. And it's right. a cheat and code. This one, this one is uh, Magister Eider, I think is her name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's no defense to it. There's literally no defense to it. It's just like, yep, uh, I have to do what you say now. Oops. <laughs> it's very tough. Um, I was thinking this as well. Man, I don't know. It's like I don't. We, we don't. We don't have to necessarily because I'm. Sh- I don't remember what we said when we were talking. Red oh, Seas we under pretty Red well. Skies. We pretty well covered it there. Yeah, I'm sure we've. I'm sure we dove deep there. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's a tough thing. Tough thing to deal with. <laughs> I also think that like in this book, it could be used to such greater effect. And I get from a narrative perspective, it's boring when your main character goes around to everyone she wants to get revenge on by pretending to poison them and then making them do horrific things for the sake of revenge and just doing that to every Mm -hmm. single person. Like, (laughs) like, hey, uh, hey, Faithless, um, this is number five. You've probably heard what's coming because I've done this with all the other ones, but... I did just stab you with a untraceable, undetectable, super painful poison that will kill you unless I give you the antidote. Now I would like you to put on a little jester show for me uh, in the nude. <laughs> I'm getting bored at this point because I've I've done horrific things to everybody else. I just want you to put on a little show for me, um, and maybe mm-hmm. I'll let you live because mm-hmm. because the potential here for maximum revenge, if you want to just make these people suffer, is huge. Sure, do a sure. little fake You're, poison. You- you're thinking more on the humiliation side of things than the than the like cruel. I mean, you pain could do you could do any of it, right? You could be right. like, "Hey, I hit you with a bad poison. Cut your finger off, and maybe I'll give you the antidote." Take a bite out of your <laughs> hand. Try and take a bite out of your hand, really hard. Do That's, your best. That becomes too. It's too much power. It is. It, it, 
Exactly. <laughs> this is this is actually a cheat code that if it was un, if this was if this was widespread in our world, it would sow chaos everywhere. Can you imagine? Like <laughs> the only reason this isn't in our world is people don't really do poison very much in our world. Right. But if poison was a more of. common thing, <laughs> like society couldn't exist with this. <laughs> You'd have to just like there'd have to be a like government like backed program of just like printing the antidote and being like everybody gets seventeen doses to carry around at all times because we gotta get a handle on these on these poisonings. Ah, but see, Luke, here's the issue: my poison, there is no antidote for, or actually, no, 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 my poison. Mm. I'm the only one with the antidote for it. The government hasn't this even is, found this, this one yet. This is the new like TikTok challenge. Luke, don't even <laughs> joke about that. <laughs> we are calling something dangerous into the world here. Um, okay. We said we've done. All right, we are. We did already nail this one, so we've had some fun here. I appreciate the callback. Um, we've got to move on though, because otherwise we could okay. go off on this for another twenty minutes. That's that's right. Um, <laughs> so I I had a note at the beginning of this uh, that actually gets more, I, I think, more significant later on. I wrote actually before before Shivers gets uh-huh. his eye um, burned open. Burned yeah. Out. Yeah. Um, he had already turned a little bit cynical mm-hmm. and I had, I had the note that I was, I was bummed about it. You know, I was a little bummed that, uh, Monza, is that her name? Monza. Yeah. That Monza had turned him cynical mm-hmm. and then it just gets a thousand times worse. I know. After, after he loses the eye and it's like, who am I, who am I rooting for? Now, I mean, not that I was necessarily rooting for Shivers before this, but I need a. Who, where's my ray of sunshine? And Casca's gone as well. Like, uh, there's. We're having trouble finding light anymore, which is. Honestly, we should have expected this. We read the first law. Right. This is Joe, right? Joe, <laughs> Joe takes any good character and is like, yeah, actually, they're either going to die and you're going to be left with all the horrible ones or they're going to just like give up and it's going to be super depressing. Uh, It's going to be really sad. And (laughs) it's interesting that you took it this way with shivers. Um, I agree with you. This is a bummer. I wanted shivers to have just a little bit of self-respect. Like, okay. He lets, he lets Monza walk all over him and is still like, man, I hope I get to sleep with her again. You're shivers. Right. You're so much better than that, bud. Like, that. Like, go be you, shivers. You're you're Knuff or Kenuff or however you say that from the Barbie movie. <laughs> you saw it. Yeah, you saw Barbie. We all saw Love Barbie. That. It was beautiful. And shivers needs a moment where he doesn't have to go chasing after Mons on her quest of revenge because he needs someone else to validate his existence. Like. She okay, dude. He just is. It's so sad with him. It's so sad with Shivers because I know she like 
pays him the first time they sleep together. And he's like, wow, this makes me feel like shit. And it, and he's still like, I guess I'm stuck with you now. And okay, I hope we sleep together again. And, and I hope this time you don't throw money at me in the morning. Uh, <laughs> like, man. Uh, she is not nice to him either. Like, no, no, no. She's like not. constantly terrible to him. Please, Shivers. Just, I want you to, I want Shivers. My goal for this whole thing now is for Shivers to realize like he's better than all this and to just like leave and I don't know, start a Airbnb or a bed and breakfast somewhere. You, you want him to start something new. You don't want him to go back to, to buddies around the campfire. No. In the north. No. Okay. I want Shivers to make a real friend. Just one. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? I think at this point it might be. I think it might be in this in this universe. Yeah, I think it's too much, unfortunately. But poor poor Shivers, mm. man. Oh, okay. Uh, I I have another or a different note. Um, we get a new character in this section, I think, and his name is. I don't know how to pronounce this, but like shanked or something like that. Shanked, yeah. Shanked, yeah. Uh, This is the like super powerful assassin guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's this scene where he goes to um, this, I, I, I forget the name of it, but there's the like gambling den that Monza went to first. Mm-hmm. Um, that ah, uh, what's his name? It's like Sajam, I think, or Sajam. Yeah, or... Th- that I think like Sajam or or whatever, however we're pronouncing it, works. And he just like walks in super confidently, and is like demanding things, and they essentially make fun of him and like I, I forget if he attacks first or if they do. Now. I feel like this is a point that we have probably made in the past, but if someone walks in with this much confidence in this scenario, I'm going to be pretty hesitant, I think. Now, maybe this is why I'm not uh, a a gang chief, whatever. Mm -hmm. One of the few reasons. Mm -hmm. I think think the only reason, honestly. Probably probably the only reason. Well, that many Um, is, but anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but like do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah like if i'm for sure. a guy and he is not scared now yeah. i'm scared <laughs> right because what is the upside to this bluff right like this bluff is huge and if there's nothing behind it like if this guy's holding a a two and a seven or whatever the worst hand in poker is like mm-hmm. he's gambling everything he's gone all in right you have to at least show a little bit of caution. Like you're not gonna, mm-hmm. this is somebody who you've never met before. You don't know their tells. You're not like James Bond looking for the blood coming out of his eyeball or something because you've been playing this game for a long time. No, no, no. <laughs> this is somebody who's walked up to the poker table, looked at one hand and said, I'm all in. There's no way you're matching that. There's no way you're going to say like, oh yeah, I'll match. I'll go. I'll go for it. <laughs> Right. 
It's absurd. Right. It's absurd if you do that. And maybe this is what our, our chiefs are selecting goons for, right? Because the goons are the ones that go for it. And the chiefs are like, I want the goons that are going to go all in no matter what happens. <laughs> That's the kind of goon I want. Right. A risky goon. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice because then you, know, you don't always have to keep paying them. You know, you can, <laughs> if they take too high a risk, well, that's some money I've saved this week. Uh, that's, that's a goon for you. That's a goon. Classic goon. Uh, here's the thing that I am concerned about with Schenkt. Okay. Because this scene is wild. The level of destruction is off the chart. And d- at one point he like leaves someone alive, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Presumably, and almost guarantee, this is not the first time he's done this, right? This person has a rep. Right. Yes. Do- he, he for sure does. Okay. Okay. Schenkt gets confronted as he is leaving the first meeting where they assign all these assassins to go kill this person. And this guy confronts him and is like, hey, you don't look so tough. What are you doing? <laughs> like, right, right. Like, you've heard the stories of utter bloodshed and carnage that is superhuman that this guy, like, reveals upon the populace, right? Right. I mean, we even, like, when he meets with Orso, Orso says this, right? He's like, whatever event was your doing, it was horrific or something along those lines. Yeah, correct. And like, I have to think that in this field of work, people are fairly familiar with each other. I think you would have to be. You're like, You'd oh, have to be. oh, I'm up against this guy on this assassination mission. We both have been hired by opposite targets, so I need to know how to how to deal with this. I need to be up on the literature. I need to know what my competition is like. I mean, all the cool gadgets, especially because these aren't thugs, right? These are not people that he's just called in off the street to be like an army to go kill Monza. These are professional assassins. These are people who are worth his time and energy to employ. Mm-hmm. They know the shit, right? <laughs> I hope so. What is his play? What is his play by confronting Schenkt? I don't know. It's 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 also as we've said, got big goon energy. Um, I have okay, Luke. Here's a thought. Nego- this is a negotiation strategy. Okay. Big boys like, hey, sure, the legend about Schenkt is true. But we don't like I'm a wild card. Things haven't gotten out about me. So if I can show that I'm not scared of shanked, maybe I am worth shanked money. Okay. Maybe you all don't realize I've done some pretty fucked up shit and and I'm like I'm not scared of shanked because I know I'm a bad motherfucker and and like it's just that word hasn't gotten out yet and now I'm getting the word out. Mm. And so he's mm-hmm. like, I, I just don't like leaving people alive like Shank does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, I'm not into the whole leaving one alive thing. So I need you all to know I'm actually also badass. I just don't. Mm. Just nobody hears about it because, you know, it was in Canada or whatever. 
it's it's a it's a <laughs> they all went to a different school you don't they went to that. a different school um, <laughs> it's a it's a calculated risk right yeah where you're like i know who this guy is if i stand up to him and he doesn't immediately kill me i'm getting a little i'm getting a little uh a little street cred getting here. a bonus maybe a little signing bonus of like look i can do this mm-hmm. <laughs> now i will say once shanked takes a like what's the word a contract that i'm considering taking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm out after that like okay this one's not for me oh immediately i'll take uh, the next one i'll take a, a lower a lower level one <laughs> i'm fine i'm fine with that you know yeah i don't need to make my entire fortune on a single project no no this is again another high risk high reward situation and the risk is huge here uh right right (laughs) i i wonder about the strategy too you mentioned this i wonder about the strategy of parading him in front of everyone like Mm. you can make this deal with shanked in your back like drawing room you can do this in the den you don't need to do this in front of all the other assassins like sure if you want the other assassins to do their best get them all in a room together and then they're like oh yeah good competition today oh great don't let them see shanked because they're quitting immediately right right (laughs) at least i am for sure (laughs) granted i'm not it's not really my field of work so maybe it takes a different type of person um, there's got to be so many assassination contracts though right yes for sure take for sure. another one i'll just i'll just take i'll take a lower amount for an easy a smaller a smaller job you know go kill a i don't know go kill like a counselor or something or like a i don't know anybody else <laughs> literally literally anybody else um okay i i i'm gonna move us along unless you have something let's 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 take a little a little step forward here how far are we going i'm going to uh ganmark our assassination of general ganmark Mm -hmm. let's go which is um they go into the the city that is being sieged Mm-hmm. that is under siege and um one thing that, that that i don't have a note for that that we have to address though is shivers and munze getting captured and little a little torture action oh. um which is just like another symbol of how this just like doesn't work uh right right now, bef- i i don't have necessarily a ton to say about this so so if you do yeah um real quick so hasty to do the eye right mm. we didn't mm-hmm. there was you, no you build they didn't build there was literally yeah. no build up to this it was just like we've got them for five minutes in a room uh what do we do first we need information out of them and the other guy's like mm, we need to let him know we mean business um let's just put his eye out with a hot poker i don't know just spitball in here right uh right. and then immediately leave them like in so much pain that they are incomprehensible Let's, can we get can, can we get my guy a little bowl of water or something like i know that you guys don't really have ice 
but but come on they they get saved yeah and then he's just like in pain yeah their only remedy is like here take this absurd drug here get addicted to drugs like, I don't know if this is going to help fully, but are we not trying to have a little cool, a little cool, a cool wet compress. towel? A little cool compress? That's right. Uh, Luke, it just, uh, it doesn't really take the edge off, you know? Sure. Not like that, that hardcore do. husk does. It's the only that's option. Right. It's the only painkiller we found that's, that's effective. Uh, yeah, I just, there's gotta be a thing to start with here. I feel like Glockta should be giving these, these people a bit of a lesson in how to mm. extract information. You're saying it's amateur hour. It's amateur hour for sure. Uh, because like the fear, like they didn't let the fear build in these people. Well, also like if this, if you get to a thing that is so painful that they pass out. Yeah. Then like that's, that's you're done, like you're done there. <laughs> right. That's fifty percent of your potential information is gone. Like you're not hearing from him for days now. And right. if the other one doesn't doesn't go along, well then great, you've wasted your one shot. Right. And now they're right. both going to be out of commission for days. So, I don't know. Maybe start with a finger. This is why Glockton they don't, they knew what he was doing. They don't have time. You know this? They don't have time. Glockton was got, out they've here. They've got a list of random people that they've found that they need to get through. Luke, Glockton was out here cutting hot dog coins off of somebody's finger to get information. And... Yeah, he's the best in the biz, Dan. <laughs> you can't compare... Yeah, but even amateurs have to know you don't go right for the eyeball, right for a permanent, immensely disfiguring, hugely painful, potentially life-threatening injury before anything else. They didn't do anything else. They punched them a few times and then were like, let's poke his eye out with a hot poker. No, (laughs) cut an ear off, maybe. (laughs) They're also like, here's people with... uh, that have clearly collected old sets of armor. (laughs) Like, obviously, first of all, first of all, like, obviously, they're not soldiers from the other side. Like, oh, your armor that you have has a huge hole where where the heart would be. This is your armor, obviously, that you were wearing at the time. (laughs) And you and here's the thing. You took it off. You took it off and then it kept it. You were like, here's a good idea. I'll sneak in in uniform and then keep it. And hide it in my house just so they know that when I put it back on, you know, because it fit me really well. It was fitted to me specifically. My name's on the inside of it. Um, (laughs) This is clearly spy behavior. This is very spy behavior. (laughs) Stupid, guys. Think for two seconds before you put somebody's eye out. Right. Right. Uh, which is part of the just like general vibes of this book, like very nihilist vibes of like nothing matters. Who cares if you have an eye or not? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I 
I do want to talk about the plan, though, that Monza has. Can we talk about the plan? Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So Monza comes to you and is like, hey, we need to kill the general of this army. Um, I know he's going to be in this location on this at this time, and he's going to rush for this building. He's going to rush for this building as soon as the city falls and try and claim all the art in it. Um, what I would like for us to do is go into the city. Uh, it's definitely going to fall. It's definitely going to be besieged and a lot of people are going to die. I would like to be inside that area and then catch him when he's running past, catch him as he goes past. And, uh, that's how we'll get him. Uh, sorry. Could we just get him outside? Could we not be in the Mm. big death city? Could we, we know he's there, right? We know he's at the city. Uh huh, and and we know like where the general tent is gonna be, right? Like the general has a tent. Okay, great. Right. And we have like a poisoner who's really really good at killing people, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, could we just use that? Right. Let me let me let me add to your point here, because um, the plan is to steal uniforms mm-hmm. and pretend like you are like a member of of this army um and use and and since you know where he will be at a certain time um with these uniforms you'll you'll be able to get close enough to to kill him yeah right yeah that seems like it would work at all at all times yeah maybe do that outside the besieged city I don't know. I don't know, Dan. Monza also has like infinite money. Pay someone to make you the coolest uniforms ever. The best disguise of all time. <laughs> right. It does feel like we're not pay- we're not utilizing our our monetary resources quite enough. We've gone for cool factor. And to be fair, the scenes of you in a besieged city that's on fire, metaphorically, it's really good. It's really good about the destruction of your of yourself and how you're willing to watch it all burn for the sake of revenge. Mm-hmm. It's a great metaphor, Monza. It's just not very good strategic planning. Okay? Sure, but she wants it to be grungy, Dan. Okay, it's so grungy. It's really grungy. You're doing a great grungy job, Monza. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um... Hey, listen, it worked, didn't it? Okay, freaking barely. <laughs> Can, okay, so so this is this is where I want to take us. Yeah. Um, what happens is they they do get to the point where they have him and some of his soldiers in the like art area. Yeah, in the studio. In the, in the studio slash gallery slash garden. And basically the same concept or conceptual thing happens when they originally betrayed Monza, which is she could, she's in a very, a position where they can very easily kill her and they don't because they just like don't. You're saying when he gives so like, her a second he, chance, he, he throws her sword back to her. He's he's like messing around for like 
I don't know how long this fight lasts. Yeah. A long time. Yep. Though. Yep. He's goofing. He's goofing around. And it's like, okay, clearly when you came in here, the plan was for like my other people to fight off your soldiers and then come help me. Like, obviously my plan wasn't for me to beat you one-on-one. Right. You are like a renowned duelist. Like everybody knows you're great at fighting. I didn't go through all this so I could fight you one-on-one. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Right. What are you doing, buddy? You, this, you already went through this once. You have to just kill her. I mean, it just goes to show you, Luke, some people never learn. It's true. He's clearly it's not true. learned at all. It's just consistency of character, right? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. He's just like... <laughs> um, you know, he's creating an artistic tableau, Luke. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to give her a That's chance. Right. We're in the art. We're in the art room. I want somebody to make a cool statue of this someday. So, mm. I need to build the legend. That's right. That's right. But I mean, he does. He does end up getting stabbed by the big statue. So that could be a cool. Could be a cool story. I don't think it would make a good statue. You know. Mm, no. How do you differentiate in your statue that part of it is a statue? Right, like this is the statue part. This other part is just a representation of a person that's as a statue. It's a very subtle difference. <laughs> it's very tough. It's actually going to be one of the harder assignments. Um, how bad is this statue that it it's pushed over pretty easily after like one chop mm. of the leg? Did somebody do a bad job with this statue? And and we've all just Ooh, been pretending like good it's good. Point. Like, are the legs little chopstick legs? And we never we never <laughs> had an issue with it because that was the best statue we'd ever seen. Right. It's very it's very it's very like unbalanced, but they have put enough effort into it to like make it so that as long as everything's going right, it can stay up. Right. Right. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. I mean, to be fair, it did get chopped up a little bit, but... Like, two st- people swung a sword at it. I don't know. You gotta be I prepared feel like for that. You gotta be prepared. Statue, sword, ah. Also, it, the sword after hitting that statue should be almost unusable, right? Like, you're, the blade is so dull at that point. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Did it actually, like, break when it got pushed over, or did it just, like, get pushed over? Uh, It may have just been, like, pushed over, like, the pedestal tipped over. I don't... That's even... That's even, I don't know, worse, though. It does seem worse to me, yeah. I don't remember if it broke at the legs or if the... I think it was tipped over. I think it was Shivers, right? Who was it that tipped Uh, it? I thought it was Casca. Yeah, you're right. It was Casca. Um, you you got you gotta have you gotta have a little extra thing in there as stability, right? You gotta have like, oh, he just happens to be standing next to a, a big tree stump while he's doing this. Oh, he's actually got a ten foot long lever, and he's using a tree stump as a fulcrum. And uh, he actually, it was really easy to tip over that way, so it's cool. <laughs> That's right. But, man, 
It's 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 wasn't I I didn't feel super satisfied by this by this kill. No, I mean it felt very like ironic, right? Like it was a lot of dramatic irony here of like the art he was rushing to save ended up killing him. I guess. But yeah. I don't know. He kind of asked for it the whole time. He was kind of literally begging for it. Okay, he wasn't literally begging for it, but he was kind of begging for it in the like, don't damage any of the art. And as soon as we heard there was a statue with a sword in it, I was like, okay, I know exactly what's happening with that sword. Come on. Anybody who doesn't read this and think that sword is going right through that buddy's body is fooling themselves. <laughs> Why are we sharpening the sword, though? Luke, it's, it's actually still sharp after all these years. Oh, that's where you put all the effort into. Mm-hmm. Nice. The, the sharpening. Smart. <laughs> it's like it doesn't need to be stable as long as it's sharp. That's key. Um, can we pop off on Monza a little bit? Okay. Yeah, sure. There was one scene. Like, I agree with you that we don't really have anyone to root for at this point. And for a little while, rooting for Monza was fun, but it's not fun anymore. And right. there was a scene with Monza that happened before we get to Faithful. Faithful, like, Capri, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. But even before we get there, Monza, I was tired of Monza. And it's particularly, of course, with how she treats Shivers. The... And I think it's like unnecessarily cruel for Monza. I get like a certain respect. She's trying to be separate and she's trying to like have this separation between her and anyone because someone who she was close to was killed. And so she's got a lot of like barriers she's thrown up. She is listening to a story from Shivers about the bloody nine and the crazy shit he got up to. He says like literally two sentences where he's like yeah uh my brother was killed by the bloody nine and so i like have a lot of trauma or whatever he was saying about the bloody nine there's a line where we get monza's perspective and she's like bored by this story she's like she was already bored was what the like statement was from monza's perspective i'm sorry monza you just heard about like a crazy story about violence and war. There was like literally two sentences from Shivers. Shivers said very little. And one of the words, one of the phrases in that was the bloody nine. A person called the bloody nine. And you were like, man, that sounds boring. I don't care about that. Well, also like the story is remarkably similar to your entire thing <laughs> right now so like yeah if you're bored by that like i got bad I'm, i have bad news for you not only is she just terrible but she's just uh, like terrible two shivers she's just like kind of terrible like how is that boring to you tell me <laughs> so much more shivers <laughs> who is the bloody knock right <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I do think that, like, I a lot of times we get, I, I guess I would consider Monza the main character of this story, at least so far. Yeah. And, like, we started off with her getting betrayed. Mm-hmm. And so 
I realized that in these books, everyone is kind of the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like if we were not getting Monza's perspective, she would be like extremely mm-hmm. hateable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she would just be seen as this like, like vengeful, spiteful spirit that didn't have a lot of redeeming qualities. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess some of the internal monologues are leaning that way now. Where at the beginning they were like, oh, okay, she's like kind of interesting. She's, but yeah, maybe now the revenge is just turning her into uh, like just generally horrible person, like ruining any personality that she had. Right. Right. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if she'll turn it around. Come on, Luke. We know who we're reading. <laughs> That's true. This is true. <laughs> um, okay. I have I have one more note after Ganmark. Let's go. Um, so this last note is actually about Morvir and Day. Okay. The, the two poisoners. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say that Day, the assistant, was not ready for prime time. No, absolutely and, not. And the reason I and the reason I say this is because um, she got fooled by the King of Poisons trick, in which the poison is just water, but like she learned. And was taught the way to prepare it. Correct. And and I'm sorry, but if you learned a process that produced water and thought that it was producing an incredibly potent poison, you are not a poisoner. <laughs> you don't understand the concepts at all. We're about to do chemistry again, Luke. I have the same note. Yeah, like... <laughs> You, you don't you don't know what you're doing in the lab <laughs> right like more of your didn't teach you anything because you should if you had the skills of a poisoner you would be able to say oh i understand all the steps that we did and at the end when i do the reaction equation everything cancels but water so yeah <laughs> i'm i'm a poisoner now because i know this is water it seems it seems to me when i've done when i've analyzed what you have told me that this produces water. That's 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 what a poisoner would say. This is the final test. This is the final test that Morvir is using, and she failed it, like by a lot. Like it's not even close. You should. It should be. It should be not hard to find out. No, that this is water. Now, I do think part of this is on Morvir, right? Either like like is in that he wasn't a good teacher. Either he wasn't a good teacher, and <laughs> they got to the end, and he was like, "This is the king of poisons. Oh, it's super scary, and there's no antidote, and it's it's colorless and tasteless. Oh, crazy, right?" And they're like expecting day the whole time to be like, "That's just water," and then he was like, "Yeah, you won. You did it, Charlie. You get my whole factory now." Um, and when that didn't happen, he was just like disappointed. Um, or he is intentionally doing such a bad job that he can keep this as a back pocket kind of thing. 
Mm. He is having to constantly teach around this big like deception that he wants all of his apprentices to believe. So he like can't teach them real poisoning. Otherwise they'll immediately figure out that this is wrong. This is water. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's tough. It's elaborate. <laughs> it's extremely elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm disappointed, I think. She seemed, Day seemed so competent at, like, the day-to-day stuff, but not ready, not ready to branch out on her own, I guess. Yeah, clearly not. Clearly the confidence has outstripped her abilities, and uh, more of your loves to put on a show. Mm-hmm. So, like... He, like, fakes the whole scalpel poison thing, right? And then gives her the real antidote. Well, not the real antidote. He tells her it's the antidote, and then it's actually fake. And it's right. it's actually poison. She's so bad at poisoning. <laughs> <She's> just... <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even been... I hadn't even been thinking about the, the like... Also, the second fake poisoning in this circumstance, I guess. (laughs) Right, like, there's no waiting period, right? She doesn't even wait to see if she starts feeling effects. He does this trick all the time. (laughs) She's seen him do this. He's already tricked Uh, her once, right? Yeah. And then, and then, ah, he loves to put on a show. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It is. They always talk about how the worst way to die as a poisoner is from your own poison, right? Mm-hmm. As like a an embarrassing thing. This is so much worse. I Falling agree. for two pretty easy tricks in a row. I would have loved to see a third time. I would have loved to see a third go again where Moravir oh, was like, oh, man. <laughs> Mor- This is like this this is like the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. going up against I forget their opponent. Uh, you're right, though. And here's what I would have loved to see is Moravir threw her what was supposed to be the antidote, right? She drinks it. And then he has a little moment like he's been having throughout the series where he's like, oh, fuck, that was the wrong one. Oh, no. And then and then he's like, OK, that's fine. I'm going to roll with it. And Moravir just like, ha, that was actually the poison. Now I've got this other <laughs> antidote right over here. Hello. <laughs> See how many times he can do it. Yeah. Just <laughs> how? What's our streak? How many can we get up to before they're like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> He's gotta. The key to this is to continuously giving give her sl- like slow acting poisons. So they actually are poisons. So she will actually die. Yeah. But to just but that that way you can get you can see how high of a streak you get up to without any real risk. Here's what right? you do. Here's what you do. They're not slow acting poisons. They're just slight tummy grumbles. You make her Ooh. feel slightly weird. Like this one makes you sweat, and that's all it does. It just makes you sweat a little bit. <laughs> and so then you can play the game of like, yeah, you feel that little sweat dripping down your down your forehead right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first sign of the super death poison that I gave you. 
He's got a lot of time on his hands to come up with new poisons and fake poisons and things like that. But it's important. He's the best at it. He's the most elaborate person of all time. Right. Right. Because at a certain point, you don't need that many poisons. Right. No. What you do need is very specific little tricky things. (laughs) Because that, that expands your your repertoire quite a lot right right what do you, what do you want more uh 10 different poisons or five poisons and five little tricky poisons yeah that's that's like 25 options there whereas before you only had 10 <laughs> think about that exactly that's what i'm saying that's making your money work for you mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i think that's Rise and grind. i think we have to say that if we have a podcast now that's true it's passive income Always, always want passive income and tricky poisons. <laughs> give me, give, give, give me passive income and tricky poisons every day of the week. All right, those are the two rules for everyone. <laughs> nice, nice. That's our, that's our financial and life advice mm-hmm. for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about faithful Capri? To round it out. Okay. Yeah. This. This sucked. And I think that was obvious. Like Joe made this one the worst. And like a little dash of reality here. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I wish Monza could have for a second been like. Like, hey, let me hear you out before I come to just murder you. And like, yeah, you're kind of a doofus. Faithful Capri is so right here. I I agreed with him 100% at the end where I was like, oh, yeah, he just did what you did, Monza. Right. Like, yeah. Like, you betrayed Casca, right? That was on you. And you're relying on this guy to be trustworthy? Also, she knew he wasn't down for it. She said at one point, like, oh, yeah, he'll come around. Like, the other ones I can get. But Faithful, the guy whose name is Faithful, isn't going to be hype about this betrayal we're doing. Right. I feel like if she had just thought about it for a couple seconds, she would have been like, you know what? I did kind of fuck over Faithful. That one's on me. So, like, we're even. The whole stabbing me and throwing me over the mountain. Like, we're kind of even now. Mm. Or at least, like... Instead of, instead of, like, going all out on trying to kill him, being like, okay, I kind of get you, I kind of get why you did that. I'm still mad at you, and maybe now you owe me a favor. Right. Like, the move wasn't cutting off. The move was like, hey, we need to have a chat, and, like, we probably can't speak again after this chat, because, like, we just aren't, we aren't able to have a relationship anymore. But, like, I, I want you to, I want you to tell me why you did that to me. Mm-hmm. and they can talk mm-hmm. it out and he can be like yeah this is bad for both of us so let's just shake hands and part ways but yeah. uh but instead monza was like no anyone in that room needs to die mm-hmm. imagine how terrible this is a different thing i still don't understand why the banker had to die he was in the room the banker <laughs> had to die because he didn't care enough about what was happening he was sure. just like whatever get your killing done i've got numbers to crunch Luke, how terrified are the servants? Ooh. How terrified is the one guy that was like 
huddled in the corner with like a plate with like a silver tray with ham on it who had been serving the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> as he's hearing about all these people who were in the room getting one by one systematically assassinated how terrified is he pretty it's pretty bad oh yeah. i was there yeah. oh no <laughs> please no please no <laughs> Well, the thing is, I would like as the number as the like successful assassinations creep up, I think I'm actually feeling more safe because I'm like, I feel like I would have been first, you know, Mm -mm. classic mistake, Luke. He's going to be last because there's no way he's doing that's that's the ultimate revenge, actually, (laughs) and extremely low risk to put him last. You put him first, mm. everybody knows you're coming for him. That's a good point. Yeah, you put yeah. him last, it's like, yeah, even if he knows I'm coming for him, I'll still get him. Do you think we're going to get seven out of seven and then a surprise. we're going to learn that there is that there is an eighth, but it's going to be too late? Oh, uh, I hope so. That'd be great. That'd be great. The eighth is the butler. She does this. A sacrificial, like her and her and the Duke die on the on each other's swords. Right, they they both fall down the mountain, down the mountainside. Right, and then the and then the <laughs> the hors d'oeuvres guy is like, ha ha. Camera pans to hors d'oeuvres <laughs> guy who also had a knife and was like, she didn't feel my stab the first time. <laughs> I got a stab in too. <laughs> the smallest stab, but still a stab. But it counts. There's blood on this knife. That's right. <laughs> I hope that's how Joe ends it. I, I'm ex- I think so. I feel good about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, Luke, we're rapidly barreling towards seven out of seven for Monza. Mm-hmm. Uh, her soul doesn't seem to be surviving this endeavor. Sure. But... I'm excited. I'm somewhat interested to see how Joe wraps it up here. I'm curious to see if Joe's going to wrap it up the same way he did the first Law trilogy, where it was like, yeah, nothing really matters. <laughs> Everybody's dead and nothing really matters. Um, which it's feeling like that might be the case. So we'll we'll see. You know, maybe Shivers, maybe Shivers takes a turn and realizes that an eye is in everything, or. <laughs> Or maybe Casca. Maybe this is really Casca who's come back from the dead miraculously and is not an imposter. And he's going to turn everything oh, I around. I'm, I'm a believer. Right. This definitely isn't Sulphur so pretending to be Casca. Uh, but, you know, whatever it might be, we'll bring the hot takes. And be the dumb nerds. Yeah.